We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Radio Northumberland and the True Faith Radio Show. I'm Alex Hurst, joined tonight by uh, Bolland, Ben and Sai. Bit of a full house. Uh, first time we've had more than two people doing a radio show for about six months, so lovely to see you all. You had one two weeks ago, it's just me here knacking up all the buttons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, loads to talk about tonight. We're going to start off with a bit about Jonas and all that. Pat, uh, the club predictably losing the employment tribunal, as me and Bolland talked about a few weeks ago. When it was in its infancy, we're going to look ahead to a quite frankly ludicrously massive game against Swansea. Uh, we'll talk about the match, the injuries, the team selection, all that kind of stuff. And we've uh, had quite a few of you in touch through Twitter at TFWikiPod um, posing questions to us, the pod team, and we're happy to feel those questions. If you've got any more questions that aren't ridiculous, uh, feel free to send them in and we'll do, do our best to answer them. So Ben has to leave early today. Um, so I'm not <laughs> the, the same side right now as he gets changed. Undressing for some reason, <laughs> and I'm good at the voice. Um, <laughs> um, so th- yeah, first of all, a couple of notices. Thanks to everybody who listened. Ran a couple of Twitter polls this week for the first time. Thanks to everybody who voted. I was worried that it was literally going to be Bolland voting by himself, but about a hundred people did. Wasn't that just Bolland a hundred times? <laughs> I don't <laughs> believe Twitter gives you the functionality side. And then there's also a lot of crack about uh, Lee Chon, getting a pay rise to 150 grand a year, which we'll talk about. Um, okay. And some stats that Mark Douglas of the Chronicle has tweeted, which are quite interesting, about his record at NUFC. Um, Sai, let's start with you. Uh, how are you taking the news that Newcastle United have lost an industri- industrial tribunal by former player for essentially sacking him because he had cancer? Uh, <laughs> they didn't sack him. They let his contract run out and deliberately avoided it, it being extended. Yeah, but it's it's in the real world. It's sacking. That's what it says in the tribunal papers. It's like it's 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 ending his employment because he had cancer and he will receive compensation for that. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. I mean, I suppose that's that. <laughs> it's just <laughs> uh, cleverly chosen words, I suppose. Uh, well, obviously, I mean, like most people, you kind of thought, all oh, right, I can see why he's suing them, but. You can't really imagine there's going to be any evidence that that's what they've done. Surely that's not what they've done. Pardew and, and Carver were just idiots and they decided they weren't going to play him anymore. It, maybe you just thought it would be something like that. But for them to have actually done this tribunal and found in favour of Jonas suggests that there's obviously a lot more to it. There's obviously been some findings that suggest that they weren't just playing him or, or choosing not to play him based on, on the squad, which is what Pardew... Has, has apparently said in court, that's what Carver said in court, they just chose not to play him because they didn't think he was good enough to be in the team. But obviously the, the, this tribunal has found otherwise. There's, there's, there's got to be some text messages or some some <laughs> correspondence pre- or something. There's got to be something that says that actually the, their decision has been influenced by by the situation that, that Jonas was in. So, um, <laughs> you know, it's just it's it's astounding and you never would have thought... That the, <laughs> well, actually, nothing surprises you with this club, but even now you're still shocked that the people running it and the people involved and, the, and Pardew and Carver are heavily involved have let <laughs> have let this happen and have totally totally smeared the club and and you know it, it, just, it just makes you not want to be associated with Newcastle at all I feel I just feel let down and, and kind of 
even more so than we already do. It's, it's horrific. I think uh, what what disappoints me most, and this is harsh because I, I love Jonas Gutierrez, um, me and you side particularly in the rest of it, um, you know, we're, we're, we're rated him highly as a footballer and as an important part of the team before he kind of uh, went through his battle. Um, what annoys me is we're paying for season tickets to go and do away games and all that kind of stuff and the tribunal deemed Pardew's um, testimony I can't remember the exact phrase to be confused um, to be he delivered it in a very confident manner but the stuff he actually said didn't yeah. make much sense I just can't believe that Alan Pardew manager of the club someone we stuck up for for quite a while um, has said that he didn't even choose to put Jonas on the bench uh, because there were better players such as Obertan, Marvo, neither of whom we played, <laughs> yeah. and Vernon Nita, who doesn't even play the same and position. And that well-known left winger. If we're, we're good, we good every single game, and you know, I'm, me and Green Street are talking about going to Liverpool next Saturday if there's still tickets left. It's forty-seven quid. We'll go if there's a chance of stopping up, which it will be. Um, and it's you, you go in with the the presumption that Newcastle United will field their strongest possible team, and the, for a court of law to find that Newcastle did not play their strongest possible team or even pick their strongest possible matchday squad on the basis of trying to save some money is um, it basically means that the people in charge of this should be banned from football in my opinion because they've brought the game into disrepute now you know <laughs> disrepute. Robert Hooth <laughs> playing um, you know is it a man or is it a woman <laughs> a, worse, a worse game than that on Twitter was charged and fined and banned for bringing the game into disrepute and surely Charlie Pardew Carver there has to be action taken against him by the FA but probably not then didn't Wolves get banned a few years ago when McCarthy fielded a week in team midweek or something like that wasn't yeah, it yeah Wolves did Wolves? West Brom did a few years before then which it's tantamount to that isn't it really a, for, for worse reasons because at least there was sporting <laughs> behind that well th- this is unique obviously yeah it'll happen a lot where players have um, clauses in their contract and a club will avoid playing them to avoid triggering it. But when when we were in the situation we were, which was battling relegation two seasons, well, three seasons in a row, it, was, it wasn't a matter of, uh, you know, if it was going to cost another year's worth of wages to Jonas, how can you like how can you compare it? The fact that they were willing to take that risk because they might not have to pay, like, I don't know, let's say a million pounds worth of wages towards Jonas for another year. And, yeah. Well, 40 grand a week he was on, so it'd be two million quid a year. Yeah. All right. I mean, it's just, it's pittance compared to what the what the club will will have turnover wise and what the total wage will be. It just doesn't make sense if that was their only motivation was to not have to pay him for another year. It it doesn't make any economical sense. I mean, it doesn't make any human sense. It's just the whole thing is mental and it just it just reeks of people who don't actually think about what they're doing. I want to let Ben and uh, Bulland have their say, but first, just a couple of points from me. Richie Smith's come on and on Twitter, RTF Weekly Pod, said, given the lack of accuracy of Pardew Charlie's court comments, makes you realise how much we don't know about what happened with the likes of Shearer and Keegan. Feels like a lot of ex-staff have been told to button up. Um, so, so basically, I'm just getting told to move forward. Is that better? Yeah, it is. I'm not really touching it with my lips, but it's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, my um, So, uh, I think Richie's got a really good point there. What... W- you know, you look at the Keegan one, you look at uh, the Shearer one, and now you look at Jonas Gutierrez, it seems that anyone who has any kind of emotional attachment or love for the club has been targeted. It might not be as simple as that, but that's that's certainly what it feels like. <laughs> Sorry, Ben. Um, in, in which he's right, that there's, po- there's possibility that there's a secrecy or a culture of secrecy within the club of people being told to keep quiet. What I want to talk about now before I let Bolland and Ben have their say on this is that the club's statement last night, very, very short statement, was so laughable. It was like, it's obviously not worse than actually losing the tribunal. But to release the statement saying we are dismayed by the um, decision, and it's kind of, we know they've got a hard job. It's the kind of thing that your average, like, idiot Chelsea fan from, like, you know, Aberdeen rings up Five Live and goes, I know the refs have got a hard job, but they don't know what they're doing. That's what Newcastle sounded like. Well, they know that the tribunal had a difficult decision to make, but we're dismayed by the decision. We're going to consult legal advice, and that's all we're saying. Like, first of all, consult your legal advice before the trial. So that makes you sound guilty. It's like, well, we're going to release a statement, and we're going to be speaking to our legal team. Well, have you not been with your legal team for the past four weeks doing the trial? Surely they've, they've talked you through the, the potential of losing the case and what your options are. And if you are really going to do that, then release the statement after you've spoken to your legal team. It's probably not a long conversation because 
as I'm, I've said a couple of times on the podcast, I was in, in, in an employment tribunal this year. Absolutely smashed it, by the way. Won by a landslide. <laughs> but, um, of course. Paid them off. <laughs> um, yeah, out, out of court settlement. No, no, not at all. Um, no, no, I'm going to pay and off the judge. Obviously, be, before, <laughs> before, I, before I went into that process, I knew what my options were for won or for lost. So how Newcastle and Lee Charney paid them off. <laughs> <laughs> so how how Newcastle seriously how Newcastle and Lee Charney can because you know the Newcastle United club statement is Lee Charney, isn't it? It's not anyone else. Yeah. It's Lee Charney's words. There's no there's a serious power vacuum. He's the only person in control. Um, in film, it it just makes them look guilty. It well, it's a comment of a man. It's a comment of a man that who knows that this is damning on him more than anyone. He knows that it's his head that rolls. So that's all he's ever going to say, isn't it? It's another another strike against him as well, isn't it? Hopefully. So, so Ben, where where do you think the club go from here in this one? Do you think this will make any serious difference to how people behave with relegate, or do you just think everyone's so sick of Charlie and the way they behave that it doesn't really matter? What in in terms of who whose behaviour? Do you mean uh, the fans? So the fans, oh, gonna, I, you know, what, well, do you think, what do you think the contact on the club is going to be apart from the financial loss they'll have to pay Jonas? I, I mean, I think the the fans' relationship with the clubs in all well, I don't know about an all time low, but in terms of our um, life um, span it's the worst it's it's been uh, I've I've ever witnessed anyway just this, the disconnect between the, the fans and the club is an absolute chasm um, <laughs> nice word <laughs> thank you and it's just I, I don't know there's no way they can mend the bridges while Lee Charlie's here because so much um, so much has happened and that he's allowed to happen that just defies belief Um and the just the same mistakes seem to happen all the time. I mean, you thought when we got relegated last time, there'd, there'd be lessons learned from that. And I know that wasn't Charlie, but he was still involved in some capacity. Well, I'll give you some stats, Ben, and then Bollock can talk about this after. When Charlie was appointed MD in April 2014, we played Stoke. Stoke were 10th, we were ninth. I was at that game, one of the worst ever away games I've ever been. It was a terrible day. It was right in the middle of Pardew's massive winless run, the first one. And uh, <laughs> it was just like, oh, everyone was just kicking off. Ben Arthur was in the frame, he was being dropped for being fat. It was an awful, awful day. But that was the, basically that was the day Charlie was appointed as MD. Since then, Stoke were, remember Stoke were 10 3 were 9th. Since then, um, Newcastle have spent £90.4 million on players. Stoke have spent £42.4, million of which on one player. Um, and Stoke are now 22 points ahead of us in the league. <laughs> Satin Bula lad from Porto. Yeah. Sorry. 18. 18 million. Yeah, 18 million. I have no idea. Um, and that's Newcastle have won a shocking 16% of the games, league games they've played as Lee, while Lee Charlie's What is the actual number played. rather than a percentage? I don't know because I'm reading off Mark Douglas's <laughs> tweets, but oh, I, right. I, he's a professional journalist, so I, I, I'm, I'm sure. No, no, I was, I was just, I'd be interested to know. In so actual figuratively, how many? Would you, Ben? Has been speaking. So he, I wanted to speak about Charlie. Would you place this record of his in the context and say he is the man that makes the decisions in the UFC allegedly, or would you say he already came into a mess? He came into a club that didn't have anyone running it for more than six months. He came into Joe Kinnear, Alan Pardew. <laughs> he came into basically a Mike Ashley organized. Well, he didn't come into it because already here. Do you think there's much can be attributed to him, or is he, is he just literally so far out of his depth? That this is a sinking ship that very few people would have been able to resist. Not at all. I mean, it, it, yeah, it was a mess, but not that it is now the mess it is now. He's 100% contributed to this, the status we're in now. Um, I mean, you just look at his, in terms of his appointments, um, the decisions he's made. Um, <laughs> John Carver just says it all. I, I think I, I could I just think end my point on John Carver. I was going to mention John Carver because I think they're very similar. I think they're both people who were given a job that they should never have had and just won't let it go, won't admit that they can't do it, and rather would rather get relegated and just let their... and keep a hold of whatever, like, they get out of it. Carver would happily have, have let us go down if it meant he would stay around, whereas if he, you know... I think the, the, they weren't willing to put the well-being of the club before themselves at all, and I think they're very similar in that sense. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, so just bring out the Bolland for the first time. I mean, that's, we're trying to get this is a, this is a mess really of a football club. Uh, <laughs> I thought you mean this part this uh, radio show? It's like, <laughs> yes, I mean I it's not far off. There's kind of any any UFC debate on any other radio station or any other podcast, but there we go. Um, Lord Spicer's <laughs> been in touch to make a point, Bolland, and I'll, I'll give you a couple. 
that um, he's in no means ever defending Charlie, but who scouted the place for £90 million and who managed them, so therefore it's not Charlie's point. And Lee Watson and um, Alex Wilson have been having a discussion on Twitter, which we've been copied in, um, basically saying that the, the, the rot, Alex says, uh, the rot can be traced back right back to the summer of 2012 after we finished fifth. No investment, that's really, really, really cost us. Uh, the panic buying of Lambias the following window when we thought we were going to go down has paid a part and then and Lee Watson says yeah it was a botched attempt by Lambias not not getting Remy to replace Barr it, it, you look back at all of this and you think well is, is really Char- like Charlie just collateral damage um, in all of this and then um, uh, Lee says if <laughs> He wonders if Charlie won a raffle to get the job, <laughs> and also um, Charlie makes Lambias look like David Dean. So, would you th- like me? Kind of my point to you is: is it is it really is it really all Charlie's fault, or is it just the fact that Ashley's the real problem here, and the fact he left a T boy in charge? Because one thing people always used to accuse um, Ashley of was not putting the money in, and the money has been put in. So, how who who takes the blame? Lambias, Charlie, or Ashley? And don't give me some horrible answer well I think all three have to take <laughs> I'm not going to do that um, we wouldn't have been so we wouldn't be in this mess now if Derek Van Bias was still in charge I don't believe I think he was a much more competent uh, managing director for a start I mean resigning when Kinnear came in just boosted his credibility in my opinion because he wasn't willing to stay and put up with the rubbish that Mike Ashley was going to put on him uh, and second of all like the big spiral that came was when we let Pardew walk out the door. Now, Pardew has many, many critics, and I was one of them, but that bloke kept the ship above water for many, many seasons in disastrous conditions. Lee Charnley let him walk away to Palace and then didn't replace him. Like, I don't believe that Lambias would have just gone, right, John, here's the job. Um, even as we were getting closer and closer to the end of the season, just let him stay in that job. And I honestly believe he probably thought he was a serious contender for the job had Steve McLaren not not taken it. Um, One of the points was that, yeah, who scouted the players? Well, who's still employing the guy who scouts the players? Like, (laughs) Graham Carr's record has been sketchy probably since that transfer window that we signed Sissoko. Gufran's got his critics at the minute, but the start of his Newcastle career was pretty decent. That's a Sissoko. Um, (laughs) So, you know, I think... I think just, just to add to that, we've also had this comment a few weeks ago we mentioned where people are saying that Graham Carr hasn't had his first choice signed for about a year, so whose fault's that? Allegedly. Because uh, you can say I want, like, the lad at Dortmund up front, but he's never going to come. <laughs> or you can say you want Tuchel as manager, but he's never going to come. Yeah, anyway. but, uh, but just, well, let's just get Henry Slavey. I disagree, <laughs> disagree with that. Why couldn't we get them? We've got Rafa Benitez. Nobody said we could get Rafa Benitez. Aubameyang, if you'd given him enough I money... I don't think Rafa Benitez would have come... In the age of austerity, you know, when we didn't sign a, a player for four and a half transfer windows, basically. And honestly, I don't think Benitez has seen that we're finally starting to put some money in. Um, Austerity. Austerity. Um, you must have been really disappointed when Ashley declared the bank empty the day after then. <laughs> <laughs> um, Richie Smith did get out of uh, Chicago's Bollands, just in case you're concerned about his welfare. Um, cool. Thanks for that. It's coming yeah. late. <laughs> yeah, how, how long? Just is that? Is this? Uh, is this a live update? Is it? We'll have to cancel the funeral now, Richie. <laughs> You're paying. Has he just got out? Is this a <laughs> yeah. live update? Is that what it is? He's finally found his way out of the sticky, sticky dance floor. <laughs> this is just part of between ourselves. I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad you're safe. Uh, <laughs> yes. So I mean, this is the great John Lee Lambias debate, which every Newcastle fan is having at the moment. <laughs> Um, I think if you ask most Newcastle fans now, who would they rather have in charge? I think most of them would say Lambias, yeah. unless it's John Carver. It's not. It's not a difficult choice, is it? Yeah. Like, uh, I think it's interesting that you, you mentioned the um, letting Pardew walk away because again, not many Newcastle fans at the time would have said that that was a bad thing. But when you look back now, that is the, the, we've never come back from that. Well, if um, let, let Pardew walk away and hire yeah, a manager. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's, that's the thing. It's not the letting Pardew goes. The, I mean, I think. You're right to an element in terms of who went and replaced him with was far far too um, well, inferior well, to was, uh, George Cook, uh, where he says like Chris Mort. Yeah, he did. He seemed to do a reasonable yeah. job under Ashley. But you see, uh, you've hit it perfectly. He spent no time trying to find us a replacement manager, and spent more time worrying about how much compensation we could get for Pardew. Yeah, spent more time trying to worry about how we might make little savings like that. The Jonas thing's another example. Like he seems yeah. more concerned with being able to say to Mike Ashley oh I saved a million quid today or, <laughs> and that's taken like four weeks work or whatever 
Right, what about the manager? Right, I'll get on that now. Uh, John's still here, though. We'll just keep John for a bit. Like, like the level of his stupidity as well going into this court case. Like, if you're going to try and do something this despicable, like, at least try and pull it off. Whereas, like, <laughs> <laughs> him and John Carver, I think, didn't they both admit to having a conversation about the number of games he had to have to trigger it? Trigger a contract I think extension. Carver said he was but aware of it, but they didn't. They didn't like, I knew about it, but it didn't in influence me. Charlie told him that there was a clause, but didn't tell him how many games. You can judge the market. <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> mystery. <laughs> mystery. <laughs> uh, it sounds like, yeah, it's, like, it's like John. It, it's it's one hundred minus forty six. Not even that, but emailing the club secretary, like informing them, and like checking whether. Uh, Norwich, the games he played for Norwich counted towards his like contract <laughs> extension. Like, just don't put any of it on record if you're going to try and get away with it. You can like. just imagine though they're sitting in court. Like, this is going all right, lads. You know, the solicitor they can't prove anything. Um, <laughs> can you put the microphone in your mouth, please? That <laughs> you can't prove anything, and then John Carver, like, and before before they get up on the start, John Carver gets up. They're all sitting there. Like looking really smart, and then the video cuts them after after Carver's finished speaking, and they're all slumped in their chairs, ties off, <laughs> furious calculations of how much they're going to have to pay Jonas because of the damage caused. Yeah. <laughs> like, did I do alright, lads? I think I told the lies you wanted me to tell. Who round is it then? Um, <laughs> where where, where we go? Who's, who's bought the taxi? <laughs> uh, what are you saying about like what the effect's going to be? I think on Saturday or tomorrow there'll be uh, sort of really vocal minority of people singing about Gutierrez but I think generally most Newcastle fans are pretty just become almost apathetic about the stupid stuff that Mike Ashley and his motley crew get up to now I think it's just one thing after another like we said before Keegan, Shearer, Chris Hutton to a certain extent I think some fans thought maybe Ben Arthur and Joey Barton would tread badly like it's anyone who has any sort of emotional attachment to the fans gets trapped like this so the best thing for us to do is to boo Rafa tomorrow. <laughs> well, that's that. We've talked about all this. Enough, so, um, we'll 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 talk about. I mean, we've got some listener questions to get through later, which we'll definitely do. Um, but first of all, uh, tomorrow, what a game! We're all there, yeah. All so, going. Uh, yeah, I'm going <laughs> I've told him not to, but uh, also hello to eighteen ninety two crew who got us on some kind of uh, magical device. Uh, on a, well, we're an online station only, but he's got where on a oh, radio. Look at that. <laughs> well, that's uh, not real. It's an evoke flow for anyone interested. Sell them at John Lewis. Did they? Yeah. Do you work at John Lewis? Like your pala? I, I used to work at John you Lewis. Used to. I know. I know. You used to. I, I know where you work now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so lads, <laughs> still on a Saturday. <laughs> uh, uh, Dave Binks on Twitter said, "Perfect scenario: Newcastle beat Swansea City, uh, Liverpool Palace." <laughs> And then we're safe before Vile to uh, to rub it in. Can we kick that off tomorrow? Yeah, we can win tomorrow, um, but we won't beat Liverpool or City. Well, let's. I'd say let's worry about that after tomorrow. <laughs> Why do you think we'll win tomorrow? Considering once once again, Rafa Benitez must be absolutely livid. He took this job. It's like right. I'll take the job, Lee. How much money will I get to spend in the summer? Well, we'll spend everything we've got, like £100 million. Right, OK. How's the squad looking now? I think we've got a really good squad. We've sacked McLaren because we're underachieving. Right. Don't tell him that he's, he's he's not allowed to actually have any full-backs at all, for any of the matches at all. Don't tell him that Paul Dummett coming back into the team will be seen as a massive advantage. That's how bad we are. And also, don't <laughs> tell him that Fabrizio Colaccini is contracted not to play. <laughs> I mean... I just I can't believe that Colaccini's injured again. It's just uh, he was supposed to be out for like a week, I wonder two if and a half months ago. I wonder if Colaccini's been affected by the Jonas situation. I wonder if he's just thought, you know what, I don't care anymore. I don't want this club to stay up. I'm not, if that's the last. case, then they should actually just sack him. Yeah, he should just be sacked if that's the yeah. case. <laughs> but every I'm one of these people. So everyone's saying, yeah, Matt wasn't injured. I thought rubbish. Yeah, Matt, he was injured. He d- he did pull something falling over in that ridiculous state. It, it's rubbish, right? Yeah, pulled some turf out of the ground. <laughs> Colaccini <laughs> is injured every single year at this time. And if he's not injured, he gets sent off for doing something stupid. It's almost like the month of April, he just has it off. And it's happened for four four seasons in a row. Colaccini has like hardly played a game in April or hasn't played a game of football for Newcastle. It just it's just <laughs> only Newcastle fans have to put up with these these worries. Other like fans of Stoke, fans of Bournemouth aren't thinking well, is there something about him going back to Argentina for one, <laughs> one calendar month a year, which is written in... It's just absolutely pathetic. Jan Matt <laughs> punching the wall is just so Newcastle United. 
I'm rack, I'm racking my brains trying to think of some Argentinian like festival that happens all like the month of of, of April. Why would that be a thing then? <laughs> if, if it was, if that was a thing, would know about it. Do you reckon he's just created his own like public holiday or something? You either what you're saying is that you, you, in your mind it's like it's a possibility that there is some sort of agreement in there, and then Newcastle are just keeping it hush. It's but like obviously, well, like no, of course there isn't. Like, you know, Newcastle fans are idiots. Not all of them. The, obviously, they, they clearly had all the FA Cups uh, <laughs> that they didn't have to play. <laughs> but you know, it's, it's a typical thing, isn't it? Um, it's everyone's like all the people on Facebook are saying. Drop him. Yeah, Matt, you should never play for the club again. And then when he can't play, they're like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> ben, how, how much of a, a miss do you think it'll be? I'll tell you what, before before I let you answer that question, we did a Twitter poll for who you'd play at fullback. Loads of people got in touch and said, you've forgotten Babu. Well, obviously, if I got Babu, he never plays. And then Physio Room, who chart all the Premier League injuries, have said that he's out. What, what injury he's supposed to have, I've no idea. This is the thing. I'll, I'll, I'll have me bit rant later on. But anyway, the, the, the poll is pretty close. I gave listeners um, four options. Anita and Lascelles playing fullback, zero votes. <laughs> um, Anita and Sissoko, just 8%. Um, Dummett and Sissoko picking up 43% of the vote. And Dummett and Anita, 49%. What do you think? I'm surprised Anita people have voted for Anita because he's been absolutely shocked in the last few weeks. But, uh, he's been absolutely shocked the entire time he's been at Newcastle. No, no, but he's, well, he hasn't been playing though, has he? But um, yeah, it's I mean it, it's a massive loss just because he's actually a defender. He knows how to tackle, and he know. And more importantly, positional wise, like it's such a specialist position. Like you need to know exactly where you are um, in terms of you, you in terms of the line of, with the back four, the rest of the back four. Just midfielders, especially centre mids, uh, like Anita just won't be able to fathom any sort of idea of that. Hence why he's like standing up on the halfway line when the rest of the three of them are about twenty yards behind him. But it's just. Just completely um, ruins the sort of that the, the defensive line in terms of the um, what's the word I'm looking for? Cohesion. Yeah, the cohesion. That's the one. Like, it's just it absolutely kills it. And the fact that we've, we haven't got any rec- defensive got any cohesion. Well, I was going to say, but <laughs> to only have two defenders that are actually fit that know how to play the position, they're probably going to be spending half their game telling Anita where to stand or or whoever plays right back. Um, whereas if you've, you've actually got someone that just plays a position, then you're not sort of having to worry about that. Um, I mean, why the, the how we haven't produced any sort of youth player that can kick a ball and play it right back or left back who knows actually how to play the position beyond us? So who would you? I mean, it's farcical, isn't it, that Newcastle United have one right back on a pitch? So who would you place a Sogo or Anita? I'd probably go to Soto. I'd play Soto. It's a good question, isn't it? Who's playing right back for the under twenty ones? Like, why mm-hmm. are none of these players able to even come into the under the bench and be there as a, as an option? We literally don't have anyone coming through. The, uh, what, what's what's up with that? Like, I mean, if you look, I mean, not <laughs> they're not the perfect example, but look at Man U. How many like twenty year olds seem to be coming out of the woodwork there that seem to be doing like okay recently? I mean, that Fosso Mental lad looks a bit of a tank. Um, just wh- why haven't we got any players like this just sitting in the in the reserves? Well, I think that's a story for another day. But, but anyway, the, yeah, the, the academy is a whole <laughs> other mess. Yeah, Newcastle. But just just in terms of the match, I think you go uh, uh, between the two. Just goes to circle. He's a far far better athlete. He's a better player than Anita. It just he's beats Anita in at all. Um, I presume you're going to play Townsend right wing, and then I was going to say for the left. <laughs> <laughs> Not a chance. There's there's plenty of players there though that can can play. I mean, hang on, didn't Pardew make do run into a left back? That's what yeah. problem solved. <laughs> get get him back there. Um, I mean, you. I think I heard some people shouting for Obertan the other day. Who hasn't had a kick about for ages? Yeah. Um, give him it. I mean, what what he can't do any worse. He's he's had a couple of good games for in the past, and I think him and Sissoko would probably be one of the fastest right wings. Uh, right sides of the field anyway in the, in the Premier League if if you had them two overlapping each other Townsend and Urbatan on the left and the right that's got to cause problems like the amount of pace yeah, defensively for us <laughs> <laughs> well, Urbatan's not that bad Urbatan's quite good at yeah, protecting the full back to be fair to him um, I'd really like those two you'd imagine they'd get plenty of service in for Mitrovic which is what he needs so. I mean even even I mean we had Wijnaldum um Playing on the left wing all season, like stick well, him back there where he's been. Let's, well, let's he, he had some of his better stuff. Because I think you've answered the fullback one pretty comprehensively. I mean, Anita was so been so bad. I probably I want to see Sissoko playing right wing in his best. Obviously, position, but, but 
Yeah, it's kind it's of need. You can't you can't put overtime back there. If, I think if if you do have overtime and to circle on the right, you can see some overlap in there, and overtime yeah. will fill in. I think that would work okay. It's not ideal, obviously, but that's probably our best yeah. option. Uh, Sai Winyardum, is he dropped? Well, I would drop him, but no, <laughs> he'll definitely play. Behind behind the striker again. Well, uh, the thing is. Uh, uh, Rafa, when when he first started, seemed like he was going to use Perez at all times. But Perez has clearly got to come out that side, so <coughs> that only leaves um, that, that um, Wijnaldum for for number ten. I mean, we'd all like to see De Jong, but he just he, he just doesn't fancy him. Unless what? he puts Wijnaldum in the centre midfield with Shelby. That didn't work though against in, in the last couple of games he was playing against. Was it Norwich? Did he play him? The only uh, second half when he moved him back after. When he got I absolutely, would, I would do well, that. I say he got absolutely done. Just the guy just walked past him and he, he let him walk past him. Well, we've got Callback back, haven't we? That, yeah. That's one I forgot as well. People were saying Callback, Callback probably go back to left back. That's the thing. So I mean, George Cook says he's pushing Mbemba left uh, left back, Dummett and Lascelles in the middle, uh, so so go right back. But you could actually go Callback. And play Dummer right back. I don't think you'd fancy. I assume that. Callback's back unless he's got he some he, gag he, injury. He is back, definitely. I don't think you'd fancy having Dummer and Callback as you know, wing backs. I suppose it's fair. Dummer and Anita. Especially <laughs> probably will start at fullback. <laughs> like Dummer on the right as well. Just that just seems like a disaster waiting to happen. <laughs> don't back that at all. <laughs> that after suggestions I've heard all day. Back, back to Genie. What, what's the worst that could happen from dropping him? We'd all love to see Dion get his chance to start the game, but then if you give Genie the last half an hour and he's finally given like right you've, you've been dropped go out and prove that I shouldn't have done that you know he just doesn't seem that bothered and maybe this will this will give him a kick up the up the backside and, and get him to do something for her uh, Ben made a good point is when he actually scored all those goals for us he was playing on the left of midfield but then he was a poor left wing he was, he was kind of a left winger coming well, in he, but yeah I was going to say he's playing almost in a, th- a three midfield three sort of centrally but then occasionally sort of well it was, it was running Babu it was actually the Chelsea game he had a good game where uh, and Babu was bombing on past him and he looked really good then if you had a left back that's willing to get forward which we don't have unfortunately but if you had a left back that's willing to get forward I think you could probably get away with him there but obviously we've got Townsend who should be playing on the left wing so I, I think that's a spot really that is that sort of already made up I think you've got to play Townsend on the left um, he's been playing he's been playing, he's playing on, on the right, right. I, know, on the left. I know I don't, I don't like that well, I don't think it's good to cut in I know, but I think <laughs> you, you're missing that. Week. Yeah, well, <laughs> we've only yeah, seen it once or twice. Townsend on the left, uh, Overton on the right, and play Cissé and Mitrovic, and then... So that, that's what Lord Spiceman says here, is it time for a good old-fashioned 4-4-2? Yeah. We've done this 4-2... Yeah, Swansea just destroy us four in the field, we'll not get the ball. <laughs> well, at least try it. So we've played 4-2-3-1, and variations of sort of 3-5-2, and, you know, it just hasn't worked. Like the lads probably know how to play four four two. Just I don't know. Like when you, when you haven't won in six, you don't go four four two. You need you need to just work hard for it and play three in midfield, um, which Genie Wilden doesn't count. So again, you drop him. Sorry, <laughs> who who would you play up front? Presumably plays one CC or Medrovic. I'll play CC at home. Uh, so would our Richie Smith turn off now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think. I, the, I don't think. I think it's got to be Mitrovic. We didn't start Mitrovic against Norwich, and. Paid the price, like I don't know. Mitrovic has only scored one goal in the first half. Of yeah, the season against I was, was going to say, I think with Mitrovic, he's a, a very good player, obviously one for the future. But I think he's much better as an impact off the bench. He seems to have his best games when he's coming off the bench, where maybe defenders are a bit more tired. He's he's obviously got a springy step. I mean, he gets up really well, leaps really well to get up there, just when maybe t- players are tiring. And I think he can dominate tiring defenders. Whereas obviously when he's at the start of the game. Um, it just it's just not as effective, unfortunately. I think probably as well. Time after time after time, that Cisse can't play up front by himself. Like it totally depends what our approach to the game is. If we approach the game like we did uh, West Ham and West Brom and start strongly and actually go at them from the beginning and try and get an early goal, then you want Cisse on the pitch because he'll get it and he'll you'll not be isolated. But if we're gonna start and um, hang back and try and get a half time and play the kind of long game. And just try and grind out a result. Then, yeah, you'd rather see Mitrovic holding the ball up. Um, I'd, I think I'd rather have the, the the first option. I'd rather have Cisse, and we're bloody going at them. We've got Townsend, Sissoko, Obertown, whoever it may be, bombing on and getting close to Cisse and giving him a chance to score. I mean, we we talked about it on a radio show a few weeks about ago about the options that playing De Jong at ten gives you because he can almost do that Mitrovic role of holding the ball up 
at the top of the, uh, the pitch, and th- and that would allow players sort of to get forward, get a the foothold in the, the final third. And you're probably going to see best out of Cisse if he was playing with someone like that, as opposed to Perez or Wijnaldum or someone who's to sort of probably going to be ineffective. They're not going to be certainly not going to be winning any balls in the air. They're not really going to be um, sort of get putting the foot in there and, and just yeah. sort of roughing up defenders or anything like that, which De Jong would. You're just hoping for an individual moment of brilliance with them too, yeah. aren't you? Like, as uh, Davy Stratton quite rightly says, um, where is Wallen's favourite back? Rolando Aaron's he's just disappeared again. Another Newcastle <laughs> player missing him. You know, just just I'm worried about. Richie Smith says, um, "What can Cisse do that Mitrovic can't? Who wants to take this one? What can Cisse do Score. that Mitrovic can't? I, he can finish. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he can't finish." Um, that's what he can do. He gets in behind defenders as well. Mitrovic doesn't really do that. But before his recent praise, I'm sure Mitrovic had one of the worst uh, shots on target ratio of, of strikers in the Premier League this season. It's, it's my answer to Richie would be it's, it's more what Mitrovic can do as a sub compared to what he can't do when he plays the full ninety. Now last week Mitrovic's performance in Southampton was he just did it when he held him. He was was not in the game. If you look at Cissé's performance at Norwich in the first half, he was he was poor, but he still he still got a header away from outside the box. He still followed in and missed an open goal, but I, I don't see Mitrovic doing that. And he still nearly scored at the end. So even though he, he hardly featured, he almost scored two goals. Whereas you get the feeling Mitrovic has to play brilliantly to score. We all like Mitrovic. We all think he's a good player, but I just think he's a better player coming off the bench. Mitrovic needs to have support and he needs to have service, like. Cissé might grab you that goal out of nothing whereas we're all forgetting Riviera of course going to draw <laughs> your favourite I'm surprised you didn't bring him up no but you're saying there that Mitrovic needs support he doesn't have support so why would you play him well you'd hope that, well, in my head the idea of playing over time <laughs> just get balls like crosses <laughs> in, in the I, I agree in a perfect world yes but I think the, the realistic scenario is we're probably we're, we're not going to be creating loads of chances the chances that we get, we need to take, and unfortunately, Mitrovic hasn't um, been able to take take the ones that he's got very often. I mean, he's got what seven goals this season, is it? Yeah, seven. Um, considering he's played a hell of a lot this season, it's it's not good enough for a fifty million pound striker. I think had you have had Cisse for that length of time, getting the game time, he would have probably scored more goals than that. Yeah, the thing that worries me about Cisse, and it always has, if he doesn't score, he's just an absolute. Power. But look, I mean, look, perfect example. Look at Jermaine Defoe at Sunderland, like. Similar type of player, Cisse really has to have opportunities. Much, much better footballer than Paddy Cisse. Like, I, d- I, I don't think he's that much better footballer. Well, he's got I a bit more pace, but goals th- record. I think he, w- he will be a better footballer. <laughs> <laughs> is that weird inside? Yeah, me, me microphone's just not working. <laughs> <laughs> it is. We can hear you. You can hear. Just, just not working very well. Um, but my point is, is that Defoe's not the type of player that's going to create a, a goal himself. Yeah, he feeds off strikes. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Ben. Well, uh, let's move on to midfield. Who would you play? <laughs> who would you play alongside Stop talking to each other. Shelby? Ben. You've got basically Teote, Winnie Aldum playing further back uh, like he has done the last couple of weeks because presuming Perez is going to be dropped. Or uh, Colback. I, I thought a few weeks ago that um, I'd rather see Winnie Aldum just because I think he's the the most all-round footballer he's the best footballer of all but he's really disappointed and just continues to, to just be non-existent in, in this football team unfortunately so I think if you look back at the, the few games that we've actually played well this season um, it's Colback and Shelby absolutely destroyed West Ham I think obviously there was the, the massive um, adrenaline rush of, of Shelby obviously coming at the team and, and injecting um, sort of some <laughs> just some direct directness into the team and I think that brought the best out of Jack Colback that we've seen for a long time I mean you think back to last season when Colback first came in he didn't have a, a great season but he was he scored a few chipped in with a few goals a few assists he, he was much more um, sort of productive in, in the team and I think you sort of saw glimpses of, of that, that callback again next to Shelby um, because they, they worked really well and I think they understand the position they understand how to play in, in a midfield where that like like that where where you need to be in terms of position sort of moving the ball keep move the ball moving the ball about and stuff like that and I just think they give you the best option I think Teote is very limited on, on the ball um, I think he's, he's obviously good at breaking the game up but he, he doesn't give you the the um, the possession football that the callback can so I think for me I'd, I'd be going callback How would you feel about playing 
Tiote and Colback and putting, allowing Shelby to get a bit further up the pitch. Controversial. Where left wing? No, no, <laughs> just as like a behind the striker. Put him as a ten, or just as a third midfielder who can have that license to get a bit further forward. I don't think now is a time for experiments like that. Like <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think that's an experiment. Like he yeah, plays it's, his best it's dropping and Wijnaldum and Perez, which I'm all for, but I can't see him doing it. It, I th- it wouldn't be a bad shout had we have tried it like 10 games ago but it's too late to be sort of trying things like that because I think Shelby's so important um, in terms of the build up play being deep and getting the ball off the defence who just don't know how to bring a ball out unfortunately the, the players that we're left with had it been in Pember and Colaccini then you'd be comfortable then bringing the ball out I think the cells and whoever it's going to be is it in Bemba is in Bemba fit is he yeah. I mean I suppose you could leave in Bemba to it but I just it's I think he's too important in the position he is to, to get the move started. I think the show for callback to play alongside him is good, even though I like TOD. Um it's if if you if you don't play callback every time a centre half gets the ball, Shelby runs towards him to get it back, whereas if callback's playing, he's also gonna do that job. Yeah. doesn't do that, which again it's yeah. not his fault, but I would like to see against Swansea at home a bit more a bit more freedom, a bit more movement of the ball. Swansea are going to come and play compact, they're going to play counter-attack, they're going to try and keep possession uh, in our half of the pitch when they do get it, and it will be good to have some outlets there. We've got we've got pace on both wings and possibly at right-back, so so why not have some players who can use that pace, whereas Teoti doesn't really give you that. Yeah, totally agree, because um, I think you're right, Ben, it's good seeing Shelby go and get the ball deep and, and spray it, because he can, but he's got more to his game than that, and we're not letting him do it, so when callbacks back in the team... Is that you can score goals, you can shoot from distance. We've got no players who can shoot from distance, and you might nick a goal or two in these last few games. So, if we can give him a bit He's more time and a chance to get in the opposition half instead of having to just do that one job of, of you know, helping the defence out and getting the ball out, um, it can only be a good thing. Our other Twitter poll was about what results Newcastle fans would rather see for the frustratingly timed Saturday kickoff. Uh, on Saturday, obviously, which is <laughs> Norwich against Sunderland, our two direct relegation rivals. Bit strange this one because the the clear winner with forty eight percent of the votes was the draw. Sunderland thirty percent, don't care eighteen percent, and the Norwich win, which is, that's presumably Magnums or something. Um, don't care eighteen percent. Bolland, where are you on this one? Because obviously a draw. I mean, I can understand where people are coming from, but what would you say? What do you want to happen? Um. Instinctively, I'd say a draw. Um, Norwich winning would obviously be a complete disaster, and you don't want Sunderland picking up any sort of real momentum because I think they've drawn their last like eight games. So if they got a win, they, that could be the lift they need, and they've got previous of getting out of these sticky situations. So um, a draw would be good for us. It means we can still catch Norwich, and we can obviously still catch Sunderland. So. Fair enough, Ben. Do you agree? Yeah, I think. Um yeah, it's the thing is, I, I, it's a tough one, isn't it? I mean, so if Sunderland, I mean, you're obviously out of the two winning, you're obviously going to say Sunderland need to win it. But I, I agree with Bolland that you feel like they've <laughs> they've not been playing terribly recently. Like they've um, they, they look like they're much sort of tighter knit to group, and you just feel like they're they're just lacking confidence. I think so. I think as as you say, there a win for them could have a massive um, sort of in, in, impact on that team uh, which I think they've got some I think they've bought really well in January um, in terms of the, the players like Kone looks really solid at the back for them um, just an absolute tank the sort of player we've been missing for years um, and after, you just you just hope I mean I, I think a draw obviously would put Norwich 7 points ahead of us yeah. um, it's just the mental barrier of that would be um, it's we're going to have to win three games because essentially we're, we're eight points behind really on because of the goal difference and it's just looking at the fixtures left. Uh, if not, if Norwich get anything out of this game, like it's <laughs> it's massive for them because it's another step closer. So well, not so much for them, but it's a step closer for us to relegation because I think um, it's going to be really. I don't see we winning three games before the end of the season. I think the difference between six and seven points for them isn't that big for us really because we've still got to win the same amount of games to get. So got to win three, but. Yeah. I don't think uh, a Sunderland wins that bad. Sunderland can't score. I disagree with you slightly. I don't think they bought that well. Um, I don't think Sunderland's problem isn't in defence. So they're, they're not. They haven't been leaking goals all season. They haven't been leaking them, but they haven't been keeping clean sheets, which but, I yeah. think has cost them. They haven't, but they still haven't. <laughs> Even since Gunnar's come to the team, they still haven't kept any clean sheets at all. Um, 
but the, the, <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't suggest he was the issue. No, no, but it's, it's like the, the problem is scoring. I think if yeah. someone beat Norwich one nil, I still think they'll have the problem where they can't score. Um, I think Sunderland's next game is Arsenal at home, so I think if Sunderland win this game, I don't see them thinking, "All oh, right, we're." So t- taking that on and beating Arsenal, so I think I'm. Well, I'm genuinely. Hoping I, I, I think they would. I was going to say I think they would. They, oh, they, they, were, ta- they, they were talking about um, beating Leicester uh, last week. <laughs> um, so I am hoping for a Sunderland win, which probably for the, for the only time in my life. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that one? And will, will you be watching it? Uh, I don't know. Are we watching it? Are you, are you in the box? I'm in the box. Uh, Lads, uh, where we're going? Yeah. Crow's Nest or something yeah. right, um, or any other establishment um. <laughs> yeah <laughs> pick up yourself a fancy radio and John Lewis and down to the Crow's Nest <laughs> 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 the CFTF yeah. or Fennec um, yeah uh, oh man I, I don't know if I can go as far as to say I want Sunderland to win we definitely need Norwich not to win a draw's yeah, okay like well. I, I know I know where you're coming from with the Sunderland win because we're a lot more likely to still go a- get away from Sunderland even if they get three points and it's just one less point we've got to catch on Norwich at the end of the day we just need to win four games. It doesn't really matter um, whether Sunderland win or it's a draw. But if Norwich win, they only need um, if Norwich win, they only need another win for us to then need more than twelve points. Well, and also, we after this game, we play again three times before Norwich play. We play uh, City on Tuesday. We play Liverpool. Um, Norwich would have had Watford, but don't have them because of this uh, cup semi final. And then we play Palace before they play Arsenal that weekend. So in theory, I mean, I know it's we've got Palace and City, and but just say we've got four points from those games, and we'll beat Swansea. If if Norwich lose, we'll be ahead of them before they play again. Although they have a game in hand. Hmm. Yeah. Are we all still believing? Are we all still believing here? By the way, are we all? No, it? But if Norwich win, if Norwich win tomorrow, and then they win one more game of their yeah, last that's four, pretty much it, isn't it? That means we need more than twelve points, which is mental. Like that's <laughs> just not going to happen. Um, so we well. don't. <laughs> Yeah. Could happen. <clears throat> it could happen. Ben, are you leaving? Ben, are you leaving us now? We yes, getting changed again? Yeah, it changed twice. No, just change your shirt again. Again. No. Uh, and then putting a hoodie on. Well, you were topless. You were topless before. I right, been topless I've, again. I thought about how much of a, <laughs> a sweat room this is—a sweat box—and I thought I'm not putting the shirt that I was going to put on. Is, any, is anyone else sweating? Um, no. <laughs> it's pretty warm. Right, and I'm sat next to the heater. Which is <laughs> which is we, we regularly can't like com- <laughs> complain that there's only one tiny little fan at one corner of the room because it gets so hot. So, <sighs> yeah, football. <laughs> um, I've, I'm going to read out some some listener questions. Uh, I was just thinking before I was having a bit of a daydream before you get to your questions. Imagine, um, <laughs> imagine being for the entire of the show. No, no. While we were doing all that stuff, <laughs> on Ben getting changed. Um, imagine, imagine you're Rafa Benitez and you've just uh, taken Yama off because he's injured, and you come down at half time, and Yama is sitting there with his hands like bright red. What, what's, what's happened, Daryl? I've punched the wall. What do you mean you've punched the wall? I don't think I can play anymore. <laughs> like, imagine that. What, what goes through Rafa's head there? Like, I, like, what am I doing here? See you later, Ben. I don't know. Just in my head, it was quite a funny image, but it's not that funny when you think about. it Yes. yes, first, 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 first question from a listener. This is from uh, Jack Talbot. Uh, thanks very much, Jack. Uh, here's a here's a funny one. <laughs> what positives can NUFC take from this season, and what can we look forward to, Bond? Next question. Uh, <laughs> what <laughs> um, positives? McLaren is no longer manager. Yeah, uh, there isn't any. Rob Elliott's not a league uh, a non-league goalkeeper. He's in fact a League Two or League One goalkeeper. Chancellor and Bemba's all right. He's probably going to leave, though, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's still been part of a defence that's got like a record yeah, number like of goals conceded. 64 goals conceded or something. It's only one more year till Colaccini leaves. Perez signed a new contract. He's not staying. He's not very good. No, he's not. Mm. Um, mm. God, really struggling, Jack, for positives. Like, but and you can't li- for positives. Li- Liverpool at home was canny. Spurs away. I went yeah. Spurs away. That was good. Yeah. No, Pod- podcast getting record listeners. Yeah, the true faith weekly podcast has continued to grow. Rafa Benitez, if he stays, there you go. That's yeah, Rafa Benitez. Well, you can't. You'll, if if we go down and he goes away, you'll never be able to look back and say that it was a positive experience, will you? It'd just be like it made us happy, though, didn't yeah. it? It, made it, did, it did, but it'll be like I remember what could have been. Made us go to away games, loads, and <laughs> say we'll lose. It cost, cost a lot of money, Rafa. Yeah, thanks. La Bamba, that'll always be special. Yeah. Now we'll have nothing to look forward to, Jack. It's just any question. <laughs> 
Unless we stay up, but which, which we are going to stay up. <laughs> if we stay up, we'll be thinking, that, remember that mid-season where, where Rafa came and we stayed up and then we'll... we'll remember, remember how bad we were and we still didn't get relegated. Yeah. Basically what Sunderland and Villa fans have been thinking for the last three years. Yeah. And that turned out well, didn't it, for them. Could Villa could be relegated this weekend, that would be nice. I thought oh, we No, no, they needed Norwich to pick up. Right. Then again, I think... I don't know. I don't know the, the maths of it all. Um... More questions if I can find them because it's quite hard going through all of this. Um, so, for this one from um, Stephen Michael uh, if we go down, and it's still an if, yes, I totally agree. George Cooks tweeted in that his positive was coming on the podcast. Get in, George. Yeah. Wow, you, you need to get out more. <laughs> if, if I buy tickets to Liverpool, nice. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, if, you, if, if his positive is spending time speaking to those lads, yeah, lots of very, people, very flattering. Lots of people listen to this, I thousands. Um, if we go down in a sudden if which players um, would make our starting 11 in the championship on the own opening day I think that probably like is who will who will still be here Lascelles Lascelles Dummett Shelby he's not leaving um, Obertan has Obertan yeah. got more years on his contract yeah. no he's done this summer is he yeah mm. done this summer mm. Uh <laughs> Don't even want to think about it. Rob Elliott will be in goal or Darlow. Yeah. Um Gavin Krull will finally see Stenson go and play for a proper football team. Um Yeah, St- Stephen Taylor will probably get a new contract out of this. Nah, no chance. Stranger things have happened. He'd probably do alright in the championship for the five games he plays a year. Um, yeah. Hydara, he's not probably not going anywhere. Not really, considering how well he's played against our relegation rival, Stephen Taylor. I don't think that the championship he'll be quite cut out for. Mm. Yeah, I didn't. This hasn't been a good question, has it? <laughs> uh, next. Gufran, yeah. Gufran's still got another year. Uh, Gufran will be kicking. Um, I just kind of, I want to have a little bit of a, a whinge here. Now, I don't like um, telling fans what to think or that kind of stuff. But oh, obviously, I, I do the match, uh, match previews for True Faith. Um, I do it, do it every single week and every single week especially when I do the match reports but the previews as well they generate quite a lot of comments below because it's true faith and it's the, the uh, well in my opinion and I think the st- statistics are there the uh, most widely read fanzine in the country uh, by some distance and obviously a lot of people visit the website as well and thanks to everybody who reads some stuff and I do appreciate the comments below but the comments. <laughs> the comments. You appreciate them all, do you? Well, it's just nice that people want to kind of engage in debate, and that's it's a good thing. Um, you know, Newcastle, Newcastle as a club has a, a range of views from a range of people about what goes on. It's like, I think it was George said, uh, beneath my uh, review on Facebook, preview on Facebook, that there's just some, like, there's just such a range of opinion on Newcastle from all corners that it that keeps the debate going and it's really good and healthy. However, like, People who have a go at me, um, and, and other people like me who, who are trying to be positive, just just stop it. Like I don't care, you know. Like if you want to, if you want to be that miserable and say to someone, "What are you talking about? We're not going to stay up." Like is that is that really a crack? Like is fair, that the best use of your time? Is that yeah? Like fair. If you think we're going down, that's all right. I can't disagree. You know, I understand where, how you form that opinion. But then this, there's someone saying, and I'll, I'll put a bit of a writing concern, I really hope the atmosphere is massive, like all these idiots who are like, I love the Derby, me, will come to Swansea to home and, and, and get mortal at 7am because that's when we actually need it. Because yeah. we need we need the points tomorrow. It's like, why is it all the crowd? We've been behind the team all season and last season. The biggest cheer at St James's Park recently was dragging off so good. No, it wasn't. Um, it's it a shame to pick up nothing, blah, blah, blah. Hard-working fans of Rafa Com- Yeah, I know, I know, I know, <laughs> I know. I know things are bad. I know the team are rubbish and gutless, and it's just like, just stop it. Just stop being so negative all the time. All these people kicking off every week below in the in the comments saying, "Why is it? Why why should we bother?" And yeah, I, I know, <laughs> I know. We're going to have all summer to be miserable. Most likely, most probably, we'll have all summer to be devastated and angry and, and ask for inquest. But because the United have got a home game against a team who are like fifteenth in the league. We can beat them. We can beat them. I mean, we don't have any fullbacks. <laughs> we don't have any good players, but we could still beat Swansea. And everyone needs to go into this game with that with that attitude, thinking, you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to sing. I'm going to get behind the team. If 
if, if Shelby boots the ball out of play, I'm not going to scream in anger. If Sissoko doesn't beat a man or puts in a rubbish cross, quite likely, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to stand up and scream, get him off! Like, it's just it's just pointless. These people just spend so much time being negative and dour. It's just like, I don't know how, I don't know how, why you bother to get involved to tell other fans that they're wrong. It's just pointless. Come and start telling me that I'm talking a lot of rubbish. It's just pointless. Like, direct your anger towards other things. Who's that for? Who's coming down the comments section and going, oh, well, actually, he is talking, he's got a good point there. <laughs> this whole article's rubbish. I've just read the article and that comment... I wish I hadn't read the article now. Like, no one... You're right, no one cares. Like, anyone who's on looking at, at football-related media online doesn't want to read what, <laughs> that kind of rubbish. Uh, it doesn't make you any bigger to say, oh, I'm, I'm, we're definitely going down, and what, what's going to happen when we get to... If it, if it does happen, are you going to say, told you's? And is that, yeah. that going to make you feel happy about it? Like what? If you that strongly disagree, don't just write a comment, write an article. Yeah. <laughs> or do something. This is the thing, McMartin's vocal about this, and I'm back him 100%. All these people who are like, and this is the same in the comments below my thing, criticizing fans. Like as I said, it's good to have a debate, but it's not good to say, "Well, you're wasting your time even going to match because you treat you as a customer and, and, and you're part of the problem." It's just like get get a grip if that's what if that's what you seriously think about the football club, just keep it to yourself or talk to other people who think like that. If you think that the likes of me and anyone listening to this who goes to matches are the problem, you're an idiot. It's it, it's true. You, and, and if you want to do something, join the Newcastle United Supporters Trust. Turn up to meetings. Don't just sit online and say, oh, the fans who still go, people like me, we're doing our bit by not going, but it's everybody else's fault. Do something. There, there are courses of action you can take to get involved. Sitting there and criticising other people for going to the match isn't doing anything. It, yeah. it, it, in fact, it, in fact, it's um, dividing the fan base and it's it's annoying people and you're actually probably um, worse for the club by just sitting there saying, oh, everyone else is a, is a sheep and everyone else, all you idiots who still got the match, all you do is lie in his pockets and just just get a grip and support the team. And fair enough, if you don't want to support the team, I respect that. But don't then not support the team to spend your time criticising those that do and saying that, you know, it's about time someone did something, did something about this and someone should do something, then, then do something. Stop stop tweeting and Facebooking that it's all everyone else's fault. Just join the supporters' trust. Do or, or another fan organisation which could wield some power at, at, at local level. Don't just sit there and criticise other people writing match previews and calling them deluded and idiot. It's just, I don't know, it's just pointless. It? It, it's been winding me up for a little while. It's like, I don't want to get in arguments with people online. I don't want to criticise their opinion because everyone's entitled to it. And I understand. Listen, the, when you get to the point, and we were nearly there, let's not forget Mr. Cancelled the season ticket. So, um, John Carver, John Carver, John ne- Carver. nearly pushed us. Carver and Carl, you know, that pushed us, and, and they're not signing any players and selling Sant on, and the, that nearly pushed me to the point where I was just going to sack it all off. It was just, and that was a horrible place to be. So, I have some sympathy with people who, who, who feel like they're in that position, and I understand that, but don't go out of your way to criticize people who still go and criticize yeah. someone, myself, and you lads, and other people, and the other people on. On, on, on Twitter and Facebook and, and through True Faith who are thinking yes let's go to this match and let's try and win the game if we don't win the game then we're going to wallow in self-pity and then we can get angry but let's just try and win the game of football Yeah, at no point during the three or four months where I wasn't paying my direct debit <laughs> did I think A I'm going to go on the internet and grief anyone who still is paying the direct debit or B I'm going to write one of those uh, <laughs> one of those I'm not going one of those statuses about I've been going this many years and it's finally blah 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 and I, f- I finally le- wrapped it in uh, and I went really dad from the first game and all that nonsense. I just thought, you know what, for me, I'm going to take a break from this because it's just not doing it for me anymore because of John Carver. And I, I quickly <laughs> quickly turncoated back straight back in. But <laughs> we'll forget that. I just, With the promise yeah. of Steve McLaren lured you back. Our, our point here is, is uh, as a fan base, what is the point of not being together and just doing what we're meant to do and getting behind and being a fan and supporting the club or supporting the players or whatever it may be. And if you don't want to do it, then yeah. I think at this point, you've got every right to just pie it and, and go and do something else with your Saturday. No one could blame you, but anyone who still wants to go, still wants to, still believes and still has a bit of hope, let them let them come and, and try their best to get behind the team. And, 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 you know, you never know. We might get a miracle. We've got Rafa. Yeah. We'll do predictions, lads. 2-2. Uh, oh, it's a relegation. <laughs> <laughs> I think they'll score like early, early doors. We'll equalise. They'll score again, and that's it. No, no. Two nil. He says, Shelby. 
Newcastle United 4, Swansea City 1. We're going to do them, come on. <laughs> it's our day. It's our, we've had such bad luck this season. Deserve bad luck. We've had such bad luck. We've got Whoa, the, you know, so bloody positive, Dugger. Well, we can't, man. We'll do it. We'll, we'll do it. And then I'll, I'll, I'll end up at uh, <laughs> Liverpool at Green Street because no one else is going to come with us. I really, like, I really hope we'll do and I really think we can, but I also know that we won't. No, you don't. <laughs> you, you couldn't possibly know that. No, it'll be another early goal, and that'll be it. We'll be playing catch-up. I think that's it. <laughs> I think, thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll be back on Monday with a Swansea victory review. Um, and, uh, yeah, keep the faith, keep fighting. We'll, we'll have to win tomorrow. We'll have to. I'm looking forward to Tuesday. I really am. I think we're good atmosphere. We'll do Man City, we'll do Swansea, and we'll stop up. Thanks, Dugger. Thanks. Thanks, I. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.